I wouldn't want a 12-ounce bag of burnt coffee. Welcome to episode 78 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and my co-host is Dade. Today, we're catching up, but first, let's talk about what we're drinking and consuming. And what are you excited about this week, Dade? Well, um, it's been quite the week. Um, I am drinking two things at the same time. Oh, I guess not at the same time. That would that would be gross. Um but I am drinking a baby Coke because I'm trying to, like every time I talk about baby Coke, I'm trying to stop the amount of soda or stop drinking soda. But sometimes you just need bubbles that are not seltzer. So I'm drinking that, but also I'm drinking what I have left of a grande flat white with two raw sugars from Starbucks. Um. I had to run out earlier, and Gina wanted coffee, so I got us coffee. Um, So what am I consuming otherwise? So I've been actually playing a bit of World of Warcraft. Um, A new expansion's coming out soon. They pushed it back, but um, I've been kind of playing WoW on and off um, with my guildmates until the, the expansion drops, and then we can play all the time. But So I've been doing that. Um, and I had, like I said, I had a a really intense week. And so I spent a lot of this week kind of thinking about the way I practice my self care. Um, and that's something we can probably like weave into our main topic a little bit. But so this week has kind of been all over the board. I either have been playing World of Warcraft, laying on the couch, mindlessly watching youtube or sleeping so that that's been what's going on but there are some cool exciting things or maybe not totally cool all the time but some things that we can talk about that are new um what do you think or feel about the blackwing and timeless coffee bundle um Oh man. So so I have feels. So I actually, I really like the mug. I'm just going to, I'm going to give you a, I can't say the word because then you have to bleep it out. I'm going to give you a poop sandwich. This is, this is how I, (laughs) this is when I, when I'm, when I'm managing people, when I'm a supervisor, it always works to give people the poop sandwich. You know, you start with something nice deliver the garbage and then you end with something nice. Um, so I really like the mug. I really, really do. Like if I could find somebody who wants the other stuff, I'd be willing to like give someone money for the mug. Mm. But I think a lot of people like the mug. Um, what? It, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't dislike it for, for the reasons that one would think like, I don't dislike it for what it is as a whole because it's, it's not a limited edition and I, I just like the the aura that it has created around the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just to put this out there, you're getting one pencil, so yeah. this is not a limited edition. You're not getting a dozen pencils. You're paying sixty dollars for a mug, um, a slate notebook, one pencil, um, and the coffee, which is not a full pound, if I remember correctly. Is it? It's is it a twelve ounce or is it an eight ounce bag? It's a 12 ounce. It's also a dark roast. 
Oh, well. <laughs> so, um, so, so you get right. You get twelve ounces of burnt coffee. Right, right. So you're not even getting a lot of caffeine. And an right. awesome mug. Right. You're not even getting good caffeine content, you know. Um. So, so yeah. So it's just. I, I'm not knocking Blackwing for doing it. It, it was it seemed to me to be out of left field. Like I didn't expect this collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I I do another thing. This is the the bottom layer of bread to my sandwich. Um, inside the the notebook, the slate notebook, um, they do have the same scorpion wrapped around the Blackwing pencil, like printed inside the cover. Um, actually, no, it's on print. It looks like it's printed on the back page. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty cool. I like the branding. I like the, the design of things, but I don't, I've been having trouble with coffee lately. I, I've been like, even just drinking one cup of coffee, I've been getting real shaky. Mm. So I, I wouldn't buy this cause I'm not really, I'm, I'm drinking like lattes and not just straight cups of coffee lately. So yeah. What, what about you, Les? What's, what are you thinking oh, about this? It, well, it's that, that, that blanket of pandemic anxiety that we're all wrapped in. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't, again, it, this goes into that whole collectible thing with me. Um, I love diner mugs. I love the design of the scorpion with the pencil. I think that's super cool. I think mm-hmm. it kind of riffs on tattoo design in a way that I'm not overly fond of people like co-opting, but I also don't know that coffee shop. You know, that might be part of their design. The owner might be tattooed up. Um, you know what I mean? Like that kind of like totally appropriation of tattoo culture. Um, and, you know, I think I get to say that as a, tattooed butch dyke um mm. do i have to bleep that <laughs> no dyke is not <laughs> no, it's, no it's part of my identity um but anyway like i i i don't like that aspect of it but in the same breath i think it's super cool i don't like gold gold foil um mm. i and i really don't like it on white um so the yeah. gold on white design for me is not um isn't happy making i would have liked it more if it were black on white yeah um that would have been really nice to me. Um, just I, it, and you know, the, the coffee's dark roast, which, eh, you know, I don't, I wouldn't want a 12 ounce bag of burnt coffee. You know, when we <laughs> hilarious. So, so Christy and I, we've, we've talked about bottomless and we've talked about uh, trade on here before. We still, we still use them, um, love them to death. We got a bag of coffee from bottomless that was supposed to be a light to medium roast, like a, like a city roast. Um, and it came, it arrived and it was a full on dark, oily Starbucks level burnt roast. And, you know, I, I wasn't happy with that. And so I complained, like I would not willingly pay 60 bucks for a 12 ounce bag of burnt, burnt beans and, um, dark, any dark roast bean for that matter. Um, and a single pencil like that, that is like, to me, um, like the, I, I, kind of get the level of saltiness but also at the same time it's not a volumes and a lot of people i think thought it was going to be a coffee themed volume and it's not even the right time of year for a volumes we just right right had one um but the extreme level of saltiness over this um is just out of left field and like the fact that it's i i kind of feel like it's almost like trolling 
mm-hmm. the the collectors in a way because it's like you get a single pencil. Right. And also newsflash, Blackwing doesn't know you anything as a person. Right. Exactly. So like like yeah. Um so I never it, thought it, I would be defending Blackwing by the way. But go ahead. <laughs> me, me either like like to a point it's just like you know okay so so they did this collaboration and and i think the real aspect of the collaboration is the slate notebook it's not the pencil like to me that's the true collaboration here is that you're getting a branded notebook and the pencil is sort of a oh here's a here's an add-on um like little bonus thing um yeah. and i think that's like where the saltiness comes in is that people thought that it was going to be, you're going to get a full box of pencils um, and you're not. So I guess, I, I don't know. I'm kind of like, I, I, I've been looking on the saltiness in the various communities and sort of the outrage over it with sort of like a, like, what did you expect? What, why did you expect anything for this? Like, it, I, like I enjoy it in a way in like a, kind of evil sort of like I'm really glad I'm not a collector anymore kind of right. way um I don't know it's hard to explain my feelings on it cuz it like it makes me chuckle at the same time it's like oh honey really yes yeah oh I'm so sorry you were disappointed why are you being mean to the company right uh, which again like me defending blackwing is is <laughs> <laughs> really really that's where we're going with this that's right. where that's where that was not on anyone's 2020 bingo card no lesson date defending blackwing right. um you know like, but yeah i just i don't know i'm not um I, I i have no real feelings over it other than i i wish it were black instead of gold but i'm not buying it either like i'm not i'm not gonna send the money for a mug but no no and i'm not going to trade anyone for a mug either so cuz it's gold and i don't i don't do gold i'd i'd rather you know take 20 bucks and go and find myself another uh fire king jadeite to add to my collection of diner mugs yeah i love those God, they're so good uh, but anyway back back, back to you now that <laughs> back to, I've ranted. back to the show um <laughs> So the next thing that's new, which by the time the show comes out, uh, we will have been allowed to talk about, is the Baron Fig Guardian Pro. Um, now, we talked about it a little bit last episode because, you know, that was when it was released on their website. And I finally got my hands on a review copy. And I know, Les, you said yours is, is still in the mail. Um, yeah, what color did you get? I got the charcoal because I figure it goes with everything. But it's actually darker than what the website looks like. Um, like it's a, it's like, like when you look on the, on the Baron Fig website, it charcoal there looks like gray. Yeah. This is actually like a, a charcoal color. Okay. So cool. I, yeah, I like that it's darker because I don't like light gray that much. Um, so I got it. I, I mean, I haven't used it. Like I literally opened it up before we started recording. Um, and I did put a confidant in it and also the inside. You're going to get some ASMR here. Um, the inside pocket, I was able to fit a write notepads, um, pocket notebook into one of the slots. Mm. Um, and then I have from, you know, back in the day when people used planners, um, <laughs> like a little like um, 
it's like a planner template ruler that you can trace like outlines of things, um, like a stencil. I don't know why oh. I couldn't think of the word stencil. And there's still like tons of space. Um, like I can put a pen in the binding and then also there's a tiny little, like it's probably like an inch and a half wide, um, could probably fit like a, a small ruler or pen refills they show on the website. Mm-hmm. And then on the front cover, there's also like a pocket. So, you know, you could put a, a paper in there or I don't know. Um, pocket I'm thinking, notebook and a pen. Right. Or I'm thinking about like being a traveler, like you could put a ticket in there. Like it's, it's, it's nice. It feels nice. I, I, I had some thoughts about just aesthetics. Um, the inside is beautiful. Like it's mm. sharp. It's on point. Um, the outside, I don't know. And maybe I'm just being persnickety, but, um, there's some, you know, with the fabric on the outside cover of mine, I'm going to get really good pictures cause I'm going to be reviewing this. Um, I meant to post my review of the, the pen as well, but life got away from me. So I'm actually going to do a twofer kind of post. So, um, I'll post pictures, but it, you know, there's just some like issues with like the fabric, um, looking kind of glued to the layer underneath it. Like on the, the fabric itself is nice. There's no like grossness on the fabric. It's just kind of this weird, like it's hard to explain without a picture. And then the embroidery. On it, the sounds, back. it sounds like the interfacing is, is probably loose in places and tight in other places. Yes. Thank you. You gave me words for what I'm trying to say. Yes. It's yes. a sewing thing. It almost looks like, because it's at the very, very top in the center by, like, a seam. So it almost looks like whatever kind of fastener they might have used up there kind of got mm-hmm. down a little bit. Um, obviously not a deal breaker, because when you have the stuff in it, you can't even see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the embroidery on the back, it's just, I don't know. It, it Maybe because it's literally the same color thread as they as the actual, you know, product itself. Like, it would have been cool if they put, like, yellow thread because the zipper pull is yellow, mm. but like, or even like my, a shade or two darker or lighter. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little darker because it's thread and it's close together. But, um, the, like the lettering just looks like the G is smaller than the other letters. It's just kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe I just got like, maybe like a, a new person made mine or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just it's probably all computer automated. Right. It just, I don't know. It, Again, not a deal breaker at all. When I when I have products, I use them, I abuse them, I don't mind things getting dirty. So, but those are just my initial observations. But I'm not using this for the outside. I'm using it for the inside, and the inside is perfect for what I need. Like I I love it. Nice. I I did see some commentary on the Facebook page about the disappointment of it not fitting um, A5 notebooks. Yeah, which are really not that much bigger. No. And so that is a little frustrating. And I can see both points of view. I know that that Joey had responded. Um, You know, I can see I can think of all the people that would have purchased it if it did fit a five because it's a great notebook cover. But I can also see his point of view as well, where the more people you try to please, the less people are pleased. Mm. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of one of those decisions. It's it's there's no right answer. And so I really always appreciate um, when conversations like this come up, you know, Joey kind of jumps in and generally like 
has really good insight into his process. I mean, I know sometimes I may not agree with it, but it's very hard to find a company where like the people in charge of the company talk to the people that use their products. Yeah. In a very open way. Um, Usually you see that when they're defending themselves. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Where this was more just like, Hey, no, this was my, my decision. And this is why, like, I I thought that that was, that was good. Um, So yeah, I'll put a, a link in the show notes for that. And then finally, the only other thing I want to talk about was the post from earlier this week about CW pencils and her changes that are going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I mean, from a business standpoint, like it makes sense to expand. Um, you know, she started out selling just pencils and single pencils at that. And there isn't, you know, like she says in her, her blog post, there isn't much of a profit margin and also she said like on the smaller order she was sometimes breaking even or losing money um by selling singles um based on the labor and the packaging and so the 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 bullet points of this are that the pencil box subscription is going to be ending in march um no more individual pencils online so in the store you can still buy singles um i'm not sure what this looks like but she said that like the holiday season there's going to be um, some quoting super cute, super efficient holiday gift shop. So that's a, again, if you live in New York, um, and then they're redesigning their website to make it a little bit more user friendly. They're going to have some better search options, better photography, um, and more like intuitive navigation. Um, but you know, her main reasons for this were just the inability to the, how unsustainable a physical storefront is, um, especially when it relies on a niche product and relies on tourism, which is not happening in New York. Um, and then finally, like I was the statement, she said, I personally wouldn't buy many of the products I'm selling in my shop because they don't align with my ethos as a consumer. Um, so she wants to sell products that encourage better consumer habits and support the types of businesses I personally prioritize. Um, I don't disagree with that, but in a business, like to be profitable sometimes it's not about just what you like, but I also can understand why you'd want your business to sell things that are, that reflect your views as the owner. Do you, yeah. do you follow uh, what I'm? Yeah. Oh yeah. I get what you, I get what you're saying. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, she, I do like the, the fact that they're going to be shifting to supporting the community in which they are, you know, that her local community um, has been asking for, for certain supplies. So it's going to shift more towards an office supply store, which I have no, I mean, I like stationary, like just like my own blog, it's called the weekly pencil. And I started out just reviewing pencils, but now I just review anything related to the world of stationary. Um, yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's, it's interesting because I've, I've wondered how long it would be sustainable as a actual storefront in terms of selling just pencils and something so limited. Um, but I think that there are plenty of people who are now opening Etsy shops or other online shops that are going to fill in that void of offering individual pencils. And mm-hmm. I think on a on a small scale basis where you have one person offering individual pencils or selections of sets um, of pencils, that it 
becomes more profitable again, if that makes sense. It's like because she scaled it up, it's not profitable. Right. And, uh, you know, I and her final, like, closing note about the, you know, again, driving home this conception of offering products that align with her own beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, she said very specific guidelines for what they're going to sell. And I'm curious as to, as to what these products are going to look like, because she made a good point. You know, she said that um, she wanted to enable our customers to be conscious, mindful, educated, and I feel strongly on the whole, the stationary industry isn't doing enough to encourage this. Mm. Um, and so she wants to, prioritize brands that are local small or have high standards for transparency sustainability and ethical business and manufacturing practices so like um is she gonna sell musgrave and and blackwing pencils and maybe generals or i mean generals but like again like i don't know the ethics i can guess what the ethical business practices are of blackwing Mm. but like what what is that like that's what i was thinking when i read that um and transparency i feel like musgrave has come a long way and like mm-hmm. same yeah but like with blackwing like i know that like they're made in japan and then assembled in the u.s right and so is that transparent enough for somebody um you know what i'm saying like this is me just asking questions i'm not i don't have any beliefs or anything yeah so i'm curious as, as to how this is going to fall and i'm curious as to you know what these products are going to be because i'm kind of excited maybe i'm going to be introduced to products because as a consumer i always i always kind of flop back and forth between wanting to support small business and buy things that are ethical and you know sustainable but then i also sometimes can't afford to do that because well no go ahead no no if you finish your thought yeah i was gonna say because like my experience oftentimes is buying local or buying something that is sustainably made um, tends to be a little bit more expensive, at least around me in my neighborhood. Yeah. So, so my, my question was, is what, what constitutes local also? So right. this is something that I think comes into play when you're thinking about something is designed in your community and then made overseas um, versus designed and then also made in your community. So would she be carrying, say, Baron Vig? I'm just going to say. Like, yeah. or, or would she only be carrying something like the Liberty or the stainless steel or the copper pens, pens that are all made here in the U.S. because they're also made locally or in the U.S. Now, maybe, maybe not locally. I mean, right. where in the U.S. are they made? No idea. Um, but is it what constitutes local and is designed in New York City, is designed in the United States enough to constitute local for her to carry them? And I mean, and and largely, like, what do people consider local? Right. And then also just thinking about that, too, um, thinking about becoming an office supply store, which is totally legit in a New York neighborhood, especially where she's located um, in the city. But. Um, when I think about locally sourced ethical office supply products, will the general population want that? Or are you just going to cater to a small segment of the population? Like, this is where like my brain kind of has a war with itself because I get, I get where she's coming from and I completely agree with it. But I also think as a business person, like the more you, you drill down what you want to do and the more you kind of say, these are the things I want to do, the smaller and smaller your customer base will be. I feel. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in a way, she's going from something that's already limited to another thing that's also limited. Um, and so I, I do wonder and I worry about in terms of like, is is it going to work? Right. Um, like and, if, you know, certainly I hope so, because, you know, yeah. as a female business owner, I really would like to see her succeed. Right. Um, but it's like, you know, I'm looking on the website now. I'm like, <clears throat> if you're an office person that's like, oh, man, I need a notebook. Like, mm-hmm. are you going to spend $22 on a notebook from Iron Curtain Press or $27 on an Emilio Braga notebook um, or $47.25? You know, yeah, like probably not. You're you're if you're an office person, you're going <clears throat> to want to order enough for your entire office. So you're going to look for something that's like five bucks so you can get 20 of them. Right. And then when you get to that price point, you're you're sourcing products that don't line up. And so, yeah, I, I don't want to crap on anything here but these this was just I, I wanted to share with everyone just the kind of things that i've been kind of thinking about um when i heard this because i do i do oh wow sorry just i'm got her on her website she does have three dollar roaring spring notebooks and so roaring spring mm-hmm. yeah like you know um they're manufactured in pennsylvania so maybe there is a way yeah yeah well, and and I think like those Roaring Spring notebooks are really well made. The paper in them is great for pencil and ballpoint. Right, right. They're so anyhow, actually, I really like them for pencil. But anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> have you tried? Um, have you reviewed a Roaring Spring um, composition notebook? I have. Yeah. Um, God, it was a few years ago. Um, Staples had some misprints from oh. Roaring Springs. Uh, and I think that at that point, Roaring Springs was printing the Staples um, branded notebooks. Mm-hmm. And they had some misprints that had the Roaring Springs logo on them um, and also had pixelated um, marbling. So the oh. marbling was all pixelated. It was, they were actually really rad. I was just going to say, um, that they, sounds awesome. It made me really happy. Um, and it had that really thick card. They had super thick card covers. Um, and the paper back then was significantly better than it is now. I've gotten Roaring Springs made in USA comp books since, and they're terrible uh, for fountain pen and, and stuff like that. Really, really super nice for pencil and ballpoint and even gel ink, but mm-hmm. horrible, horrible, horrible for any fountain pens. Um, but the covers are just so thick and nice. Um, they, I, um, I've been able to get them when I was still attending Leslie, um, in the school shop in Leslie green. Okay. So it was like a dark forest green. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice. Felt very nineties to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's that's all I had. Um so right. what about you, Les? Um, so um I'm gonna go out of order. I know I've got them listed in a in a different different ways. Um I got my hands on the Baron Fig Liberty. I filled out my ballot with it, um, which was actually really kind of nice to do. It I don't know, like I, I had feelings about the the pen, the fact it wasn't made out of copper. Um and then when I got it in hand, it felt different to me. Um there was something about the weight of it and the way that the box opened that just felt 
important. If they, and and I and I, God, that's such a I don't know high-minded woo-woo frou-frou way of looking at the pen, but it just <laughs> felt different um, to me in a way that I really haven't felt because all all of the previous squires are fun. You know, they're kind of goofy. They're kind of fun. Um, you know, my favorite is the Adrift, uh, which is just a really fun little pen. This is not a fun pen. This feels dead serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and not in a flag-wavy kind of way. And I think while they might have taken inspiration from Lady Liberty, um, it's m- about more than just the Statue of Liberty, which is why I think that the brass actually fits pretty well um but I'll, I'll leave it at that if anyone wants to read my review i've got it over you know it's up on my blog i put it out on friday so it just it just it feels different you know brass is not my favorite material for a pen it's a little too heavy i'm not using it for any um long writing uh, i did i did do some writing with it um in my current novel that i'm writing by hand um which we'll we'll talk about in our main topic um and it's just, it's too heavy for me to do lengthy writing sessions, but I, I like the weight in terms of using it as a fidget. If you have a chance to just sit and flip it around your fingers, it is the perfect weight for f- like flipping a pen around your fingers. Like when you do the, the pen twirl through all, f- all four fingers, uh-huh. um, it's the perfect weight for that. And I actually, I found myself doing that with it more than anything else while I was like sitting and I was running groups and I'm playing with this pen and it, uh, unusually, um, normally I, I think that it's a moisture thing where the brass reacts with your hands. Um, I, I have really dry hands usually. And so usually I don't get a lot of brass smell on my hands. This pen and my hands are reacting like intensely. My fingers smell like brass all day long. Um, so I'm not really a fan of that. I'm just generally not a huge brass pen fan. But um, yeah, I, I, it's it's one of the best fidgets <laughs> I've I've ever owned. So um, I, I I will be keeping it for a lengthy period of time just to have on my desk at work to fidget with. Nice. Um, did you have any follow-up thoughts on that that you um, are willing to share? I I agree too. Like I um I used it for a little bit because I was writing my review and so I wrote a couple of journal entries and I put the pen down and I like like had an itch on my nose and I like rubbed my nose and like my fingers smelled strongly of brass too. Um, I'm not a brass person either. I also don't like using heavy pens in general. Um, but I, I agree. Like when I got it in the mail and I, I opened the box and there was the, the booklets there and I read them and, and it, it did, it felt important and it felt meaningful. Um, and my feelings that I expressed last episode about kind of wanting, I kind of recoil at anything that's patriotic. This did not feel that way. Um, and this, it, it felt like a pen that I'm going to keep to sign important things. Um, I'm going to vote in person. And so I, I can't there, I can't, I guess I could use the pen, but I'm afraid. So I'll just use what they give me, which last time they gave us golf pencils so we could keep them. But anyhow, that's a diversion. Um, so it just, it feels like something you should do, like use for important things. And I don't know. I like it. 
I, I really, I, I really like it. I, I think I'm going to keep it. I said mm-hmm. last time that I might, you know, not keep it, but, but yeah, did yours, did the screw top is, is that the knock? Is that yep. what that's called? Is yours a different shade of it, slightly, lighter? But it, slightly, but it's really only noticeable in photos. So as I've handled it, it's definitely like matched up. So it's not a different okay. shade anymore. Yeah. Okay. Cause mine is too, but it's not like weird or anything. I just was curious as to what your experience was with that. Yeah. You can see some of the, the, um, color difference in some of my photos on my, in my review, <clears throat> but it's really not, um, noticeable in person like in person i'm not noticing that at all okay cool yeah um so the other thing that i've been writing with a lot is i finally broke down i was like the musgrave harvest is not my favorite pencil in the world i'm just going to throw that out there the uh, the original musgrave harvest with the um thin typeface on it and then the burgundy banded feral Mm-hmm. Not my favorite favorite. It's, you know, it's pretty standard HB. Um, and it feels okay as a standard HB, but it's a little too hard and too light for my liking. And I had read a bunch of reviews of the Harvest Professional. I was like, mm, okay. I was already ordering a second box of Tennessee Reds because God, I love those pencils. Um, and we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about that, I think, in the main topic in terms of I just wanted to catch up on something. Um, so I bought a box of the Harvest Professional and it's in this gold and yellow and brown box that slides out. And I love those boxes. If Musgrave did all of their pencils in boxes like that or even in envelopes, just a, a free thing, get rid of the plastic bags. They, Sucking, they're terrible. Um, and also, let's let's stop throwing so much plastic into the environment, um, and start using a you know paper envelope. It would be so much better. Um, anyhow, <laughs> um, so the I, I sharpened up a bunch of them just to do my review for them, and then have continued to use them. I keep reaching for the Harvest Professional because the core is that much better. It's dark. It's smooth. It's a lot like the same core as the, it's, it's a slightly harder core than the Tennessee red. Um, but it's smooth, dark, and just looks great and feels really good to the point that I don't notice the sharp hex. Um, because I'm not death gripping the pencil because I don't have to, I don't have to bear down really hard with the professional. Mm-hmm. So it's just a really nice pencil. So my, my review for that is going up on Monday. Um, lots of photos and I'm actually starting to remember to do a, um, writing sample with them, which is something I know that I forget on my reviews all the time. I always forget to do the little card with the writing sample. Mm-hmm. So I take all my photos for them as soon as I get the products in. So I, I start shooting the photos. I open the, the, the bag that they come in and throw them into the photos photo little setup I have and just shoot the photos immediately before I do anything with them. But, um, I love those pencils. I, between that and the Tennessee red, I am completely in love. Um, so actually before, so we'll separate this out from the main topic. How much of a pencil point do you use? Until before I sharpen it. Yeah. How far? Um, I'd say probably, so it's 
a little more like three quarters. Okay. So I don't like it. So when my pencil starts to look like the tip of a used crayon. Okay. Yeah. I, I sharpen, but I also, it depends what I'm doing. If, if I'm note taking, I sharpen when it's, ha- I sharpen when the point is gone. Mm-hmm. So that's sometimes only halfway. Yep. So I, I got super nerdy. I don't, I don't know if you actually read that post yet, but I went on a deep dive about, so a lot of people were talking about the centering on the Tennessee red. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I always mention centering in my reviews and I think I'm actually going to stop. Um, because what I found is yes, I will agree that centering on a pencil or, or poorly centered pencils are ugly, right? I, I can, mm-hmm. I will concede that point over and over and over. And, and yes, when the pencil is collared, as much as I hate using that term from David Reese's book, I'm using it because people understand it. When the pencil has that off center coloring where one side is higher than the other, that is unattractive. I, mm-hmm. I concede that point. However, what I found was that yes, it might be ugly, but it doesn't actually impact use of a pencil at all. Okay. So like you, I start to, I, I took and I, I did like I had a depth gauge. I measured the length of the point and then I measured it after I was like after I reached for a new pencil. Um, and I numbered, I did, I took a sample of, uh, I went and got 96 pen and gear pencils and cut the points off because they came, I didn't look and they were pre sharpened. So I cut all the points off and picked out the worst of the worst in terms of centering frustratingly i managed to pick two boxes of relatively well-centered pen and gear pencils which is like a miracle and uh, so i picked the worst of them and i took five of the worst of the worst sharpened them up and started to use them Mm -hmm. measuring the the length of the point and when i would pick it again and then i got my calipers out um because if i'm gonna go nerdy i'm gonna go full nerd and then measured the point the diameter of the point uh, when I picked a new pencil and it was amazing. I, I go and I have tested this on other pencils as well, including the harvest, the Tennessee red black wings. I reach for a pencil almost precisely when the diameter of the pencil is worn down to two millimeters. Okay. Almost every single time. So if the collaring, if the uncentered pencils collaring does not hit that point, it has no impact on my use at all. Really? Yeah. It, it it like it will never hit the the page. And interestingly, it, that I f- I found also was that when I sharpened with different sharpeners, the impact of the uncentered core in terms of where where the coloring and how bad the coloring was was minimized by shorter points. Um. So anyway, it's just like super nerdy. Um. Maybe if you have some calipers test and see where where you um reach for a new pencil and i bet you and i are probably around the same location of around two millimeters because to me that's when it starts to look like an unsharpened or a um dull crayon yeah um but yeah so that that i just thought was uh wild like literally every time i pick out i go for a new pencil or i want to point it up it's at that two millimeter mark (laughs) that's super nerdy but super awesome (laughs) <laughs> this is the depth of nerdery that you will get <laughs> also uh, like activities to do during a pandemic 
Yeah, well, you know, to be fair, I would that's the sort of activity I would have done pre-pandemic and will probably continue to do throughout the rest of this pandemic because it doesn't feel like it's going to stop anytime soon. Right. Um, and you, you and it, afterward. You make a good point because I remember over a year ago, um, I reviewed – why can't I think of the company's name? Um, it's right on the tip of my tongue. They make fountain pens. Franklin Kristoff. Okay, yeah. They sent, they were excited. They had, they came out with pencils and they sent all of a bunch of reviewers these pencils and they were just bad for yeah, many reasons. Terrible. But their cores were, were very, very poorly centered. And that's the first thing I do. Like when I used to like review lots of pencils, I'd grab a handful and just look at the bottoms before anything else. And I think that. There were other reasons why these pencils were bad. Um, mainly just the, the design was just not great. Um, but like that completely influenced the way in which I felt about the pencil. I judged it because its core was not centered. And I think a lot about that and like you proving that it has very little to do with the way in which you use a pencil. It makes me think of all the times that people just throw something away or disregard it. Because of this really, truly, if it's not affecting your use, an aesthetic reason. Yeah. And it, to be fair, what my issue, um, not to, to be fair, why am I prefacing it with that? My <laughs> issue with the Franklin Christoph pencils was not that they were uncentered. I don't remember if mine were centered or not, but that the cores were nearly identical, except yeah. for like on the HB end, it was an HB. And then I think it was what a b 2b 3b or 4b um and then the last pencil was noticeably different from the hb but everything in the middle seemed like they were the same pencil um and then the design choices but moving on yeah they they were um the core was the least of my issues with those pencils (laughs) yeah um but yeah so it was just i don't know like kind of like i don't how much does it affect it? And is it aesthetics? And, you know, it's certainly like I would like the tools that I use to look nice, but also the coloring is I don't really care anymore. Like, I'm just not going to worry about that unless it's so horribly off center that it actually colors to a point that it affects it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So there's that. Uh, all right. Where am I? Um. So Johnny came out with a zine. Yes. Uh, did you get a copy of it yet? I did. And it was just the thing that I needed. This this arrived the day, the worst day of the week for me personally. And I opened it up and I have it next to me. It It's like, it's, first it's adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I had no idea you could fold paper to make this booklet like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it blew my mind. I like took it apart and I like looked at it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, and I just love it. The, the feel of the paper, um, just every little thing about it. It's perfect. It really is. And, and, you know, I mean, it's just, it's so cute and I love Johnny's writing anyway, but everyone should uh, go and order the first two issues on his Etsy shop. Um, because it's that they're lovely. It's really lovely. And it makes uh, me want to create a zine. Me too. Me too. And you know, I've done that in the past. Um, and I've made, uh, this is a single sheeter. Um, what we call, um, in terms of book binding, it's a single sheet book. Um, 
they're super easy to make. They're so much fun to make. You can sit mm-hmm. there and you can just fold and fold and fold. I used to use little um, folded up sheets of paper like that as my to-do list, um, uh-huh. sort of as a rough bullet journal um, when I was working in an office. Just had like a running list um, of things in one of those little notebook styles. Um, so, yeah, so that that's really cool. Um I or finally, as part of my last birthday gift, I took the last of my money and I, I ordered not the last of my money, but the money that I'd been gifted for my birthday and ordered 10 pounds of green coffee beans. So I am going to roast coffee again. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's been a while since I've roasted coffee. I think it's been about a year. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it's one of those, what what did Andy say that I'm cottage coring? Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um and, and you know, uh so I'm I'm really happy to get back into that hobby. I've got five or six different uh hot sauces uh fermenting right now. So I'm going to finish that those up this weekend. Looking forward to melting my face off. I've got a peach reaper sauce that uh I'm going to finish and I I, I don't know what I'm going to cook, cook tomorrow to put it on, but I'm going to melt my face tomorrow. <laughs> Um, and I got, I don't, I don't think I actually told you this. I should have told you about this in our pre-chat, but I had to upgrade the hosting and server for the podcast and my various sites. I got a, oh my God, you've almost exceeded all of everything on, uh, your hosting plan. Oh no. Um, so, so, and part of it is that I have, I had three dead sites that I was like, yeah, I just lost interest in this. I'm going to let it die. Mm-hmm. And didn't bother to renew. So I did go in and I deleted the three sites off my server. And all of a sudden I had 15 gigs left instead of just five. So they were freaking out because I only had five gigs left in Got the hosting plan. So technically we had plenty of space left. But I also realized I've been using ginormous files for all of my photos. I don't know what I did in terms of my phone because I shoot all my photos with my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some unknown reason, I've been using the biggest file size, um, for all of the photos on my, on my, uh, my, um, blog. So I got to stop doing that, <laughs> but also upgraded the hosting and the server for the podcast and all of my various sites to unlimited. So mm-hmm. we have unlimited hosting, unlimited downloads. Um, we have load up as large as files as we would like, um, so yeah, and I can also, it's also unlimited in how many, um, different sites I can host. So a lot of fun there because now I can just give into my every whim about, oh, I want to start another blog. Okay. I have room for it now. It's not actually the best thing in the whole world for me because I will collect sites just to have them. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's that. Um, <laughs> so we are. We're what, 48 minutes in and now it's time for the main topic. Yes, uh, this will be a, a long one. I mean, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, yeah, I've already I've already gotten to past uh, the little check in in terms of the pencil point and centering and all that. So um, so the main topic, I wanted to check in with you on your analog and digital school tools and self-care, um, because one of the things that I have found as my work has moved from a very in-person, very tactile, uh, person-to-person type of work, uh, very interactive. I've gone from that to doing running groups 
and talking to people through video sessions uh, like Zoom. I'm, we're not using Zoom, sadly, um, through like a Zoom type interface that works less well. Um, and so I have found that when I leave work, so I'm on camera probably six out of eight hours of the day. It is at the end of the day, the last thing that I want to do is interact with my computer. I don't want to look at it. I don't, I don't want, it's been hard for me to actually write my posts for my blog because I really don't want to be on my computer at any extra. Um, so there, the, you know, I just, it's, it seems like it's kind of self care in a way to kind of step away from the computer and dive into analog tools and avoid some of those digital things because I am really just totally digital all day long. Other than like I have a morning staff meeting that's in person. I eat lunch with my coworker and, and the interns. Um, and we're not on camera for 45 minutes and I have a half hour break at the end of the day where we're not on camera, but then we do staff meeting on camera. Um, so I don't know about you, but I know that you're, you're moving into doing like a zoom type type of interface and you're on camera. Um, how is that working for you? And then using all of the, I know, cause you took a deep dive into digital school tools. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I've noticed as time has gone on, I've getting, gotten increasingly more exhausted at the end of the day. So my typical day, because everything is remote, is starting at 9 o'clock, I'll have a meeting, um, and then I'll have, basically I'll have three or four meetings a day. And then in between those are check-ins with students. And so I think this is the part that makes me exhausted. Not working with the students, like, that specific work, that's great, but dealing with technology issues. And so there's a couple of students that I work with that have internet connection issues. And you can imagine trying to have a counseling session with somebody and there's lag or there's like robotic voice sounding happening. And, you know, it's, it's taking every ounce of my like staying engaged muscle to to really be present and that's exhausting and i'm just getting tired and frustrated of with the the issues with technology because it's not the ch- the kids fault it's just i guess it speaks to the larger issue societally um about access um you know and and so at the end of the day as much as i'm a gamer and i love playing games i can't like i just push away from the desk and i get up and i just need to zone out and so i i, I literally feel like my brain is melting so i actually as much as i did make that big shift mm. i have not been engaging with technology as much in my work because the there's so much time that i am forced to engage with technology that little things like using an ipad like I used to, it's just another layer of technology that I, I, I don't want to deal with. So I've actually kind of pulled away. And so I'm doing a lot of things by hand to give myself a break. Um, I've also been experiencing a lot of migraines. I don't knock on wood, and, and thankfully my migraines are not painful. They're just visual. 
but you know, it just, it's just not sustainable. And so I, I definitely have made a conscious effort to try to remove myself from digital school tools. Yeah. I want to validate the feeling of exhaustion. Mm. Um, Early, I mean, early on in the pandemic, I was doing um, call therapy. So we call it telephonic. So where you're just on the phone talking to people. And I thought that was going to be the most exhausting thing because I hate the phone. Me too. Um, When they told me we're going to do telephonic, I was like, oh, no. Can't, can't we do video? And then I thought, God, I don't want to be on camera either. Um, but I really, really like that was just draining to me. There were times where, I mean, trying to be attentive as people had phone connection issues because they're on their cell phone or like I would have people decide they were going to take a walk while they were on. And it's like, I, I can't actually talk to you when you do that. I'm not, that's not ethical for me. Um, or, or just, you know, like those connection issues, um, which has only been amplified by moving to a, uh, zoom like interface. Um, doing video therapy is incredibly intensive, um, especially with a group style. Um, it's so intensive, um, in terms of bandwidth that anyone with a lower level internet or internet that um, you know, blinks in and out and Comcast has been doing a lot of updating of lines throughout the North Northeast area of Massachusetts. So, um, a lot of people are having these moments where Comcast is replacing a line on their street and they can't access therapy for a week. Um, so it's, it's just, um, that, that, tech issue stuff is so exhausting and I am a hundred times more exhausted, um, now than I was. So the other thing is, so my job, um, uh, I was hired to run 12 to 13 groups a week in person. And I've been doing that for, you know, the last five years and I can do that. I don't want to say in my sleep, but I'm very comfortable doing that. I'm comfortable interacting with people in person. Um, and I'm currently running like 15 and a half because I'm co-leading a group with someone. 15 and a half groups on camera every week. And there are two days a week where I'm running four groups on camera. And it is like I, I come home on Mondays and Fridays and kind of just stare at the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's just like, I don't, I don't feel like doing anything and I don't like, I can't think anymore because my brain is mush because I've been on camera all day and I've been on. Because that's the other thing about, about this kind of work is that when you're on camera, and this is something that when I was, ex- I was trying to explain this to the people that I work with in leadership, like, you don't understand what you're asking us to do. You're, you're, we're going from, doing individual therapy to all of a sudden being on camera and interacting in a very different way. And when you're on camera, you, you, you vocalize differently um, because you're trying to project your voice and you don't necessarily do that in the same way in person. Um, So you're vocalizing differently. You're holding your body differently than you would in person. 
Um, so like you're more upright, you're, you're just, your physicality is different. What you do with your face is different. Mm-hmm. And like, I was trying I was like, you guys don't understand being on camera is exhausting and it's a different, and they're like, well, you ran in person groups. I'm like, it's not the same. It's you, you don't understand. It's not the same. Um, and so it, it, it became, and I had a moment of, I, I told you so. Um, one of my coworkers was out sick. She had the regular flu, not COVID. Thank goodness. She's fine now. Um, but she was out for like a week and a half. And so a member of leadership had to take over her groups. And he's like, God, it's, it's so exhausting. Hello. And I was like, yeah. Hello. I, I told you that because hello, I've recorded hundreds of hours of videos. Um, and, and you didn't listen to me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to let it go. Not going to go there. Um, cause I'd have to add out, have to edit out a whole lot of swearing. Um, but, but you know, like it is so exhausting. And I think a lot of people don't understand that they, they don't, they don't know what it's like to do the video, to be on a lengthy call all day, every day. Cause that's what it is. It's like, it's an entirely different type of interacting with people. And though I am experienced in it and though I am comfortable with it and I am, I, I wouldn't call myself a digital native, but I would call myself someone who's kind of grown old in online services. It, it is, this is the most exhausted I've ever been in my work life. And, yeah. you know, I've done physical, hard physical labor, <laughs> Uh, I've worked on a farm doing the harvest and I've slopped out cow stalls. Um, This is just so exhausting. Yeah. I mean, entirely different way. I agree with you with the whole, like, like literal physical exhaustion because, you know, I'm on camera and everyone tells me like, Oh, just turn your, turn your picture off, turn your face off. Hold on. Did you hear that? You'll probably edit that out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm on camera and I can't not look at my face because I want to make sure that I am presenting to my client in a way that is receptive and friendly. You know what I mean? And I'm worried about my double chin and like the way I'm like angled. And so I, I'm so stiff because it, you're self-conscious. Um, mm-hmm. And also you can't – not that you would do this in person, but because you're sitting in your space – it's very easy to like forget that you're on camera and like, I don't know, like move around in your chair a lot or just do something weird, you know? And so you're always on edge Mm -hmm. and that, Mm -hmm. that is really hard for me. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I keep my, so it, you know, self view, I keep my self view on, um, so that I can make sure that I'm on camera. Um, cause sometimes like I'll move around and I, that's less of an issue, I think, than the fact that when I lean over or I leave, so if I, the, the cameras that they bought us have a really shallow depth of field mm-hmm. and, um, also, um, zoom in the, the app that we're using is, is not zoom, but they, it really zooms in. And so it's, um, like if I lean on my desk, um, my chin disappears. So like oh. the clients can only see me from the nose up. So I have to remember to sit back in my chair. I can't be that comfortable. I have to do this. I have to do that. Yeah. It's just, there's a, it's a whole different skill set to be on camera like that all of the time. And I, I, 
Yeah, it's just so exhausting. So yeah, like I said, sometimes I I, I come home and I just want to stare at the wall. Um, yeah, yeah. Just to just to kind of like yeah, I just I don't I need to disconnect. Um, and so that kind of brings me into the next point that we were going to talk about, which is self care. Yeah. Um, and this is, uh, it's, it's such a hard thing. So, you know, I'm a therapist. I've been in therapy. I've, I have supervision on a regular basis. I talk about my feelings. Um, but there's also this point in mental and physical exhaustion where I'm not having feelings. I'm, I'm not thinking thoughts because my brain is just like, I've been on all day long and I just need to be off for a little while before I go to sleep. And then when I go to sleep, I'm going to think of all the things. <laughs> right. Um, so, so that's where I've been these days. Um, and so, you know, I, it's so hard to like remember to do things like self care. And I've had, there are a couple of things. One second. So I just had to cough. Um, didn't think I had wanted to subject you to that. <laughs> um, so there are a couple of things that I have been doing on a regular basis that I think have been kind of making, helping me get my way through this pandemic in a healthier way. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the first thing I've been doing is letter writing. Um, I kind of reached out to some of my friends that, I, um, had sent things to, or we'd exchange pencils or pens through the mail and, uh, just asked them, can I have your address again so that I can send you a letter? No, no. And then in the letter, I just said, no pressure to respond. This is just part of some of the self care that I am doing as, um, just to get myself through. I'm reaching out to people that I haven't talked to in a while. Um, and just wrote them a little letter, a couple pages here and there talking about some stuff that's going on in my life and just mailed it out. And I realized that is an interactive somewhat way of journaling. So that's definitely one of the things that I've been doing. Um, I also was gifted a aromatherapy candle. <laughs> so getting a, getting a little woo-woo for, for me. Um, <laughs> but there was something really nice about sitting down with the candle burning um, and a nice cup of tea. Um, oh, which, by the way, I'm going to link to this in the show notes. I made, um, God, what's his name? James Hoffman's uh, pumpkin spice syrup. It is the best pumpkin spice syrup I have ever had. It has actual pumpkin in it. You juice it. Um, and then it's got a little tiny bit of sugar. Um, I cut the sugar in half and it still worked great. Um, and loads of spices. Mm. it's cinnamon forward instead of clove forward uh the next time i'm making it again this weekend and i'm adding extra ginger because we like a ginger forward pumpkin spice a little bite to it um but i've been taking rooibos tea and that and making a big cup of tea when i come home so there's there's this whole like i think sensory thing that i'm trying to do I'm, i think i'm i'm um i think what i'm doing is i am um, why am I having a brain fart on it? I teach a group in this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm engaging in grounding skills. Okay. I, I think that because what I'm doing at work is so mentally focused and mm-hmm. also physically taxing, my brain just needs to check out. Not that I'm disassociating. Right. Um, but there's something very grounding about having the candle, 
with and um, the friend who bought it for me, it's it's a nice forest scent. Um, so it smells like a little bit of uh, pine and balsam fir with a little hint of patchouli. Um, so it's it's like this nice earthy forest odor and i am here for it it is a great <laughs> smell if i if i could have a cologne that smells like that i would wear it um i like foresty smells so that was a perfect on point gift for me so so that plus the pumpkin spice tea with a little mm-hmm. splash of vanilla almond milk um so it's not overly sweet it's nice and spicy it's got the kind of vanilla hint of the rooibos you can do it with decaf black tea too whatever whatever makes you happy <laughs> um but like that whole sensory thing um and then i will sit down with my work in progress with either whatever pencils i'm testing that week for review whatever pens i'm testing that week for review um and just write and i've been doing between 300 and 1500 words a night in my novels. I hit 30,000 words in a, in my current work. And there's just something really relaxing about all the whole thing together. It's the whole process together. It's not one thing. It's not the other thing. Um, but there's this whole thing of where I'm, I'm going to be creative. Um, and it, the words have very much been flowing out of me. Um, although this last week, not so much because I, I, this has been, um, brought up in the RSVP group that, um, a lot of people had rough weeks this week. Um, and so not so much this week. I haven't been doing as much writing this week. Although one of the things that I am planning on doing going forward is getting back into journaling. So I'm a lifelong journaler and I've come and gone from journaling on and off throughout my my adult life. I started journaling when I was 10. I did it consistently almost every day of my life until I graduated high school. Um, after college, I did it again almost every night um, daily. And I really want to get back to that because I think and I and I did journal a couple of times this week and it really kind of solidified some of my thoughts on what's happening at work. Uh, there's a lot of, I'm trying to think of how I can say this without um, getting myself into trouble. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of discord at my current workplace. Um, there's uh, people are leaving. People um, are not coming back. Um, people are quitting and leaving because this is just not a um, work style that they want. People, A lot of people who are into art therapy or expressive therapies, they don't want to do online groups. Um, it's, it doesn't fit with their, their ethos, if you will. Um, and so this is, it's become something that a lot of people don't want to do. So they're leaving and it's hard. Um, and, and, um, yeah. So anyway, so sitting down and journaling has been incredibly helpful at helping me kind of think about how am I actually feeling about this? What is an ethical and safe practice for me to be doing? How do I keep myself grounded throughout the day? Um, and I found that like one of the most important things for me to do between groups, I have a 15 minute break between groups. Um, and initially I was sitting there with my headphones in, um, and I was, um, doing my group notes immediately after the group. And I've realized I can't do that. 
I have to take my headphones out between every group. There's something about the sensory deprivation of wearing earbuds all day long that I think really messes with my equilibrium and, and a little bit with my head. Um, like I feel really bad if I wear my headphones for the entire morning. So I got to take the headphones out and I need to step away from the computer for those 15 minutes, whether I, even if I just walk around the facility or run to the bathroom, I got to get away from the computer for 15 minutes and then come back and be ready and, and do like a little bit of like gentle breathing exercise, little, little mindfulness between groups. But yeah, so I'm getting back into journaling. Uh, I'm going to try and make it a nightly practice, even if it's so my initial practice that I did um, growing up was one page a day in a uh, six by nine inch um, notebook, college ruled, was to write one page in that every day in black ink, which the black ink started when I was in high school because, you know, everything else wasn't cool enough and black ink really spoke to my soul. Yeah, so I, I think I'm going to start with that and just do a nightly mind dump about what's going on, how I'm feeling, and any deep thoughts that I might have. So I'm going to start with that and we're, we'll see what happens. What about you? What are, what are you reminding yourself to do for self-care? So my self-care has been difficult because like you, sometimes I just want to like be done with the day and stare at the wall. And I don't know about you, but like sometimes I resent the term self-care. Like it's thrown around a lot. Yeah. And there's this expectation of what you should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And to me, I feel like self-care is more like whatever it is that you do to get yourself to a place that's okay. Like, and so I think sometimes when you hear other clinicians or my supervisor say like, oh yeah, like practice self-care, like they're not wrong and they're not coming from a bad place. But it's like when you hear that over and over, but you're having a hard time even being engaged with something that's in the self-care category, it kind of puts you in a place that's sometimes even worse than what needed caused you to need self-care. <laughs> so, um, but you know, I mean, this week has been a very different week for me. I, I don't, I don't normally have weeks this intense, but <clears throat> I get caught up in doing the perfect self-care, the, the unattainable self-care. And I think that this week I've tried to just kind of be gentler with myself and really kind of think about what do I need in the moment and what do I need to do right now to, to be okay. And so just a little snippet, you know, of, of how I did that, like last night, I wasn't feeling too great. You know, I, I've been, a, a, I, I run anxious anyway, but I've been a little bit more anxious than usual. And, you know, I decided playing a game on my phone was the only thing that was going to be able to get me to a better place mentally so I could fall asleep. So normally that'd be frowned upon by myself. Like I really shouldn't be engaging with technology before bed, but sometimes you have to just do what you have to do. And so I've been really adopting that whole, what is it do I need in this moment? And no matter what that is, as long as it's not harmful to somebody else or myself, mm -hmm. I'm going to do it and I'm going to be okay with that. Um, one thing that I have always struggled with and I'm trying to work on is slowing down. I, I, I don't, I think it's just cause I am an anxious person. I, I tend to just not slow down like period. Yeah. 
Um, and so mindfulness is always a struggle too. And so I think that another thing like you, Les, like writing letters, we were talking before we went on the air, I've been shopping for like really nice, like cute, like letter writing stationary sets. And like, I do want to write letters too. Cause I always feel bad. I'll get a letter from you and I'm like, Oh my God, I need to write you a letter. And then I just don't. No and pressure. I know, no right. Pressure. And I, I know you don't expect them, you know, you, you don't need them, but, um, I think that that would be helpful for me and also give me a way to slow down. Like I sent off the stationary, um, exchange box yesterday. Yeah. I saw, I, I saw that. <clears throat> I spent like two pages like writing just a little note. Um, funny enough, I wrote about kind of what we talked about today, which is weird because I didn't know we were going to talk mm. about this today. <laughs> but yeah, like it was nice to kind of slow down and really kind of just free write. And so I like your idea of journaling every day, but not having it be this like complex thing, more of like a, you know, mind dump. I think that's effective for a couple of reasons. One, it's the literal dumping of your mind onto a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things that work for me, not just like with me personally as a, as a person who goes to therapy, but with the kids that I work with as a future clinician is using containers for things. And Mm -hmm. I think that doing that dumping your mind, whether good, bad or otherwise is kind of a way to put your stuff in a container and then when you're in a place where self-care is always, self-care is always important. This isn't just like a, a an, an acute need. Like everyone, you know, self-care is good for any time. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a place that is not requiring intense self-care, you can read back on all those days that you journaled about things and see where you've come from and how that crappy week that I had in October is now resolved and is a memory. And so for me, that always has helped with my regular journaling. When I used to journal a lot is when I would be at a really bad point, I could either go back and look at other times when I was at bad points, but then overcame them. Or when I've overcome something, I can look back and see where I've come from. And so I, I think I might adopt that too, because, you know, it's something simple. You can just keep a notebook and a a pen or a pencil next to your bed. Um, And I like, for me at least, I like the idea of doing that journaling in bed. Mm. That's how I always did it as a teenager. I always journaled in bed. Right. Cause it's like a, that's like the end of your night. That's the closure. You close the book. It's time to go to sleep. Kind of like getting it out there because like you less, I I'll lay down and go to sleep. And then just everything is like, Oh, let me think about these seven things Mm. that I haven't thought about during the day. Yep. And some of them are, you know, it's not like all doom and gloom. I mean, some of it's just life. And so, so yeah, I mean, so for self-care for me, I've just, I guess the theme has been being gentler with myself and Mm. allowing myself to play video games if I need to, or, you know, um, just stare at the wall if I need to. Um, You know, for me, things that involve activity are important because, I sometimes I get so stuck that I really need to like do something because sitting there is not okay. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bonus. I'll, like I, I sometimes just clean the bathroom or <laughs> clean the apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And another thing I've been trying to incorporate, but it's very tricky um, because there's a lot of baggage that comes with it um, is 
moving around more and exercising more, mm-hmm. you know, at, as a fat person, there's so much attached to that. Yeah. And I, I don't ever want to exercise to be skinny. I just want to feel better. Yeah. And if I could feel better being fat, that's cool. Like, but when you tell people, yeah, I started like doing this exercise routine, they're like, you know, either they tell you that you look so good. Yay, or, fatty, you started moving. Right. And and that's, so I say know, that as a fellow fat person. <laughs> right. And, and luckily, as I, I'm surrounded by body positive people. So it's rare that I and now with a pandemic, I'm not encountering rando people that I don't see mm-hmm. often. But like, there's a lot that surround a lot of things that surround movement and exercise for me that I didn't realize was there until I sat down and thought about it. And so mm-hmm. it's finding the happy balance because I do truly believe that moving your body in any way that is comfortable and safe for you is important. Um, but like for me, it's finding that balance. So I don't feel bad about it or get yeah. discouraged by it <clears throat> because I, I do like I'm, I am out of shape because I, I, I have no choice. I have to be inside all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so those are just some of the things that I've been kind of focusing on. Um, I think once the situation, I'm not going to talk about it on air, but the thing we talked about, once that resolves yeah. with, with my, my grad school, I think that I'll feel a bit better. And I think I will, a lot of this mental energy I'm spending elsewhere will be freed up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I have always found journaling to be so helpful, but I also, there's something about the fact that I did it for so long. Um, and also like I, I journal journaled for a very long time and then I art journaled for a very long time. Then I combined the two for a very long time. Um, I don't know why, but I'm so like, there's like a resistance to me going back to this. Like, I don't need it now. Yes. Yes, I do. I I need to do something. Um, so that that's a part of it too, is like, I have this internal resistance to doing something that I know will be helpful. Sort of like the movement thing. Like I am also like, I also need to move and I'm reticent to move. And part of it is a, is a pain thing. Um, you know, I've got significant ankle issues, um, due to a repetitive, repetitively injuring my ankle. And, you know, it's just, um, managing pain on top of the necessity to move. And also the fact that I, if I don't move, then the pain also gets worse and crotch rocket. Gotta love the neighbors. Um, they're the done. Um, it, that like, you know, that, that whole balance of not wanting to move, needing to move pain due to movement, also pain due to not moving, um, is such a intense balance. Um, and also something I need to continue to do. So that's a thing. Um, but I think, um, we have really done this one to oblivion. This is going to be an extra long episode, um, what do you think? Done? I think we are done. I think this is going to be one of the longest episodes we recorded in a while. I, I think so. I think there's going to be, we're going to cut about 10 minutes out, I think, um, due to editing issues. Um, but, um, 
yeah, it's a lengthy episode. So I hope people find it helpful. Um, and just to, to follow up, I, we got some nice feedback. Um, Stacy uh, thanked us for one of our book recommendations. I think it was the Neon Yang book that I recommended a couple of episodes ago. And uh, she is suggested uh, The Space Between Worlds by Micah Johnson. I think it's Micah, Micaiah, Micaiah. Johnson. Um, my pronunciation might be off and I apologize to the author and Stacy for not being able to pronounce much of anything. Um, so I'm going to check that out. It has a non-binary, um, main character. So kind of excited to read that as well. So I also, um, want to thank everyone who engages with us in the feedback form, uh, with people who head to, um, Facebook, it's one of, so I finally installed a, a Facebook feed blocker, which we can talk about next week because it's amazing. Um, and people who go there, go to Discord, go to all the places where we are and interact with us via social media and everywhere. It's just, it's really nice that we have such a nice community associated with RSVP who support us in everything that we do. I, I just, I really love it. I love our community. So thank you for everyone who supports us and join all of our various groups across social media. Um, and, you know, if you enjoy the show, the best way to let people know is to just share a link to your favorite episode. Maybe this one. Think about self-care, you know, think about taking care of your friends and family and getting them into listening to a podcast about stationery and a whole bunch of other things. Um, so just let people know that you love us and why you love us. If you want to look for us online, you can find the podcast at rsvpstationarypodcast.com, Discord, um, and also on Facebook at RSVP Stationary Podcast. You can find me, Les, at comfortableshoesstudio.com, Facebook at Comfortable Shoes Studio. Instagram and Twitter at original LC Harper. Dade, where can the fine folks find you? You can find me at weeklypencil.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the weekly pencil. All right. Thank you so much, Dade. Thank you. Thank you.